Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hello and greetings in Jesus' mighty name. I really am excited this morning because I got a precious word from the presence of God. The Bible says in Psalm 51 and verse 10, David cried out and said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It was the cry of David's heart. God, give me a clean heart. I want something clean. I want you to take my heart and do something with it that I've not seen till now. I believe God's going to minister to you and me in a precious way this morning. Every one of us likes clean things. We like a clean space. We like to go to a clean restroom. We like to maintain a clean hygiene. Uh, Every one of us likes clean things. It is no surprise that God likes things clean too. He likes a heart to be clean in his presence. God wants us to have a clean heart like God would. Now, David in this context was actually known, if you look at the scripture, he's responding back to a breakdown in his morality that he had. As a king, he instead of going to battle, he sinned, he committed murder, and he committed adultery. And he was in one of the lowest points of his life. And that's when he was praying this prayer and saying, God, create in me a clean heart and renew. Make my spirit new again. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This verse actually is often looked at when we read it. We often associate this verse with sin. We associate with a man who had great potential but failed miserably. We associate this verse with a man who lived an unclean and ungodly life. And if it were in our day today, we probably would never allow him back into Christian leadership. Would never allow him back into the church. But interestingly, when you see this verse, God sees something deeper. God sees a man who was longing and desiring for a clean heart. We see a man who failed. God saw a man who longed for a clean heart. So God wants every one of us, like David, to be people that longs for a clean heart. In fact, the Bible says in Acts 13.22, after he had removed him, that's King Saul, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he had testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Wait a minute, from where did this person become a man after God's own heart because God had seen his heart. And if you look at the sequence of things, before David was king, God is telling in in the book of Samuel, he says, I have found a man after my own heart, David, I'm going to make him king and with the holy oil I've anointed him, it says in the book of Psalms. So we see that God had seen David's heart long before David could ever see his own. So he had started out in a great way. He had a great heart. He had a great longing. Like many of us, when we come to God, we have a great heart, we have a great longing. We really want God to use us. We want to be walking in victory and in great strength and in passion and the fire of the Holy Spirit. But somewhere along the journey, the person about whom God said, I have found a man after my own heart, that place, we see a journey where a man had fallen and had an unclean heart. And to such a person who had such a powerful heart, we see a possibility of someone falling from that place to a place of an unclean heart. 
We see in the Bible, it's replete with those stories. How could a man after God's own heart come to such a place where he was pleading with God, God, now I want you to create in me something new. Because I know what I had was lost. I want you to create it new. I want you to pull it out of where it does not exist. Creation has some a newness in it. God, I want you to start from the beginning again. I don't want to talk about how I used to walk with you. I don't want to talk about how wonderful a man of God I had been. I don't want to talk about what great things I did for you. How I killed the bear, lion and Goliath. I want to talk about God. I, don't want, I want to talk about can you create something new in my heart again? Can you start fresh in my heart? The Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. We see that very clearly. From that we understand that God is a God who has a heart too. Because God is saying, David is after my own heart. When God says that he has a heart, he's saying, I want my people, my family, my children's heart to align to my heart. As a father, I know that that's the desire of my heart for my children. I want those children to raise up, grow up, my children to grow up in the carrying the heart their father carries. That'll walk with the heart of God, love in the heart of God. And David well, had given up his personal agendas that uh, to focus on God. I don't want to focus on being king. I don't want to focus on my power and priorities. I want to focus on becoming someone that carries your own heart. He focused on, on, on something greater than theological correctness. He focused on something more important than, uh, you know, sustaining the office that God had given him. He wanted to focus now, God, more than my ministry more than the information I carry, more than the pride that I'm better than other people. I didn't sin like them. God, I want to focus on one thing. I want to focus on asking you a question. Can you create in me a clean heart? Can you do something with my heart that I've not been able to achieve till now? Can you make my heart like your heart, Lord? Can I have a heart after your own heart? Can my family be a family after God's own heart? Can my desires be after God's own heart. When David says, create in me a clean heart, he's actually admitting something that most of us struggle to admit. That we have an unclean heart. That our heart is fundamentally wicked. Our heart is fundamentally jealous, selfish, proud, arrogant, self-seeking, self-protecting. Our heart oftentimes thinks we are right. When we looked at our own life, we, we see... Our intentions, when we look at others' lives, we see their failures, their mistakes. But David begins to look at life the way God wanted him to look at life. He was saying, Lord, I'm facing something in my life that I never faced before. I, I've never been in a place where just to get a woman, I murdered her husband. And I, I schemed and I lied and I, I, I avoided responsibility of going to war. I avoided my responsibilities for my selfish agenda. Now, many of us, we may not have gone after Bathsheba and murdered somebody, but haven't we avoided our responsibilities so that we can be in a place of comfort, so that we can be in a place where we feel of self-righteousness? And that's exactly what David did. And David's confession was that, God, I really need, at this point, I need you more. I'm in the middle of a crisis in my life, Lord. I just recognized that I have a wicked heart. I just recognize that th this is something that, Lord, I'm dependent on you. 
I can't solve it myself. I really need your help to solve this. And this was David's confession. And, and God said, God, God, God begins to step in and God begins to intervene in David's heart. And he helps him with some of his thoughts and his influences. And, and David bounces back into covenant. Because, not because David just repented, but because David worked on his heart. He said, I want to be clean because I clearly see that I have a legacy of uncleanness. I seem to have a tendency in my life of walking in disobedience. I seem to have a heart that is unpure, that likes immoral things or ungodly things. And David began to long for a transformation. He said, God, I want you to change me. God, I really want you to change. I want you to change my heart. Because we realize today, David realized that a clean heart was something only God could do for him. He knew in his own strength he was failing. And you and I often have come to that place too. We try and we try and we try and we fail. And we try and we fail. Maybe today we have come to a place where we need to tell God, God, create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. I want a new heart. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 9 says, Who can say I have cleansed my heart and I am pure from sin? None of us can actually claim that we are pure and we are cleansed ourselves and we are okay and everything is fine. Psalm 51 verse 7, David goes on to say, he says, Purify me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. David knew the power of God engaging in cleansing David's heart. He knew that no matter how much he tried, he couldn't. But if God would step in, and that's why David took the first step, and he invited God to come into this whole process of cleaning his heart. He said, God, can you clean my heart? Can you do something in my heart that can change me forever? So who has an unclean heart really? For most of us, the most natural definition of an unclean heart is to think of acts of immorality or murder or hatred or, or uh, uh, you know, robbing or lying or a critical spirit, gross wickedness. These are the things that we call uh, uncleanliness. By these standards, David was a sinner. But is, it, is such an understanding sufficient to really understand what an unclean heart is? Having said that, we see that there are some good people that the whole world considers good. But strangely, when God looks at their heart, God finds wickedness in the hearts of some people. God chooses to reject them. For the outside looked fine, but in the inside, that was not God's choice. When Prophet Samuel looked at the brothers of David, oh, they were tall and strong, they were fit for the army. But God spoke to Samuel and said, God doesn't look on the outside, God looks on the inside. When we look at an unclean heart, we think, we look at the wicked people of the world and we are quick to call them unclean. But Jesus looked at the Pharisees, who were the cleanest religious people, the leaders, the pastors of those days, the Bible teachers and the prophets of those days, if you may. Jesus looked at them and he said, you whitewashed sepulchers, you dead men's tombs, you brood of wipers. Because on the outside, he said, you pray long prayers. But on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. God looked at the inside. What would God have to say when he looks at our inside? What will God find when he looks at our heart? For God, clean or unclean, is far more than just what someone has done. 
for God clean or unclean is the condition or the environment of the heart. I've often seen people argue with each other and one tries to outprove the other. One tries to disprove the other by showing them why they are wrong and oneself, we are right, I am right and you are wrong. And so arguments begin, I'm right, I'm better, I do better, I'm, I'm smarter, I can do faster. Because I want to often, uh, you know, prove to somebody else that they are wrong and I'm right. And for God, a clean heart is not just the act of right and wrong. It is the condition and the environment of the heart. We are talking about cleanliness outside. He did not commit murder. He did not commit adultery. He did not lie. But Jesus said, if you looked at a woman in lust, condition, environment of the heart, he said, you already committed immorality. If you hate your brother, if you think proud things about yourself compared to your brother, God says, you're already a murderer. How many of us have become so unclean without ever murdering somebody? How many of us have become immoral adulterers without ever committing adultery on the outside? Because for God, uncleanness is more than just an act that is done outside. It is the condition of the heart. You look in the Bible in the book of Acts and chapter 8. You know the story about the disciples going to Samaria. And there's a great revival there, the Bible says. And Philip was preaching the good news. And the Bible says in Acts 8 and uh, verse 13, even Simon himself believed. He was a great magician. And he was, in fact, surprising everybody. Uh, he was known as someone who had the power of the gods in him. He was surprising everybody, uh, astonishing them with his magic arts. But verse 13, when Philip preached in verse 12, verse 13, even Simon himself believed and being baptized. So he gets baptized. Simon believed. And he continued on with Philip and he observed signs and great miracles taking place and he was consistently amazed. So now he began to have a traveling ministry with Philip. Everywhere Philip went, he, he went because he got water baptized. He saw the miracles Philip was doing. And now when the apostles from Jerusalem heard in Samaria received the word, they came and they lay hands on the people, verse 17 of Acts 8. And the people began to receive the Holy Spirit. Now Simon also probably received the Holy Spirit at that time. Now when he saw that the people were receiving the Holy Spirit by Peter and John Law laying hands on people, he now offered them some money and said, can you give me this gift that I can lay hands on the people? Because he was a showman already. So now he wanted this power so that he could use the ministry to continue with his unclean heart of entertainment, Christian entertainment now, before it was worldly entertainment. So he moved from worldly entertainment and moved to Christian entertainment. Oftentimes there are so many people that have come into Christian worship ministry or Christian preaching ministry or different kinds of Christian ministry because it was something that brought them a sense of joy when they operated in their gift and it became a, a sort of entertainment without really having a prayer that told God, God clean my heart that I might be following you with all my heart. So when he offered the money, Peter looks at him and he says, Peter said, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. In verse 21 in Acts 8, he says, you have no part or portion in this matter for your heart is not right before God. Your heart is not right before God. Here is Peter telling him, there's a problem with your heart. There's an unclean heart. Therefore, repent from your wickedness. And he begins to say, before this iniquity destroys your life. Peter began to call on his heart and say, see, though it is obvious that immorality and that kind of sin and uncleanliness 
are all great sins in the eyes of God. Yet, I want you to know, there are sins which are not so obvious, which are a matter of the heart. When God looks down in our heart, the Holy Spirit zeroes into that and He says, Oh, you're filled with bitterness and gall. You're filled with unclean. Your heart is not right. Your heart is not right and you're bound with iniquity. The devil has taken a hold of you. Pray for repentance and repent that you might be forgiven. So we can see in the story some very interesting things. We, we can be connected to great men of God. Listen to this carefully. You and I can be connected to great men of God. Like Philip, the evangelist in Samaria. City-wide revival. If it, Philip was in today's time, he would have been a famous evangelist in that city. City-wide revival. Simon the Sorcerer traveling with a traveling evangelist. Seeing miracle signs and wonders. Which means he is now part of a great miracle ministry. You can be closely associated with great men of God like Philip was. And yet you and I can carry an unclean heart. So Simon the Sorcerer, association with great men, but carried an unclean heart. Secondly, I see that we can be actively involved in ministry, like Simon was with Philip. You can be actively involved in ministry, and yet carry an unclean heart, a heart that is not right with God. We also see that we can be with a ministry like Jesus himself, and yet have an unclean heart. You see, Judas and John and, and, and all, all these different people, we can see that we can be filled with the Holy Ghost, like Ananias and Sapphira. We can be filled with the Holy Ghost like Simon the Sorcerer, and yet we can have an unclean heart with lie and selfishness and love for money, anxieties of the future, uh, love, uh, you know, popularity, acceptance from people, uh, pride, self-righteousness. I am better than others. We can be part of a great ministry and we can still have an unclean heart. We see that we can hide our sins from people like David did. He hid his sin from everyone else. And on the outside, he looked like this great king of Israel, but he had an unclean heart. We can be in place of great spiritual power and authority, like Ananias and Sapphira, or like King Saul was in a great place of power. And yet when God looked in their heart, they had an unclean heart. God had rejected King Saul because he wanted to promote his own image in front of people. We can be in a place of great worship, or we might be a great worship leader. Singing the most amazing songs, having the most beautiful voice, having the best orchestras backing us up. We might be a great worship leader like Lucifer, and yet we might have an unclean heart. So I want you to know, it really does not matter what the background is. The real issue is, do we want to carry the heart of God? And I think that is what God is looking after, looking for today. Do we want to carry the heart of God? I believe today... The fundamental matter is to answer the question, what then is an unclean heart? A heart, unclean heart, is a heart where space is shared with anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ as Lord. Anything that, that God does in sanction, of course we share our heart space with our, our family, with our loved ones, all of that. But all that is in Christ. Anything that is not bringing glory to God. Every other relationship brings glory to God. But the moment uncleanness comes in is because those are giving space to anything that God does not sanction. Things don't belong in there. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Which means our whole heart God wants us to belong to God. 
So when a place is unclean, oftentimes it's one of three things. Something illegitimate took that place. When you Haven't we all gone into an unclean room? We've seen everything dirty, unclean and all that. And we know something is out of order. This is not something we want. We want it to be clean. So one of three things happen when our heart is unclean. Either number one, something came in and took an illegitimate place in our heart. Satan, love for money, love for the world, love for things around. Illegitimate place in our heart, number one. When our heart becomes unclean, something illegitimate has entered and taken space. Shared space that belong to God. A second way in which our heart can become unclean is when we don't give priority to the things that God wants us to give priority. Where some things are out of place. Now it belongs to the house, but that is out of place. You know, the toys are not in the basket, the toys are on the floor. Uh, you know, the table, uh, the, the, after dinner, the, the utensils are still on the table, then they're not washed and kept away. They're all right in the right house, but in the wrong place, not given priority. Our heart can become unclean with the sin of omission when we do not give priority to the important things that God wants us to give priority. Thirdly, a heart can become unclean when we give more priority to something than what God wants us to give priority to. When we give more priority to the God's ministry than giving time or worshipping God himself. When we give more priority to the blessings God has given us, the gifts God has given us, things God has blessed us, our home, our car, our, 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 you know, our friends, things that God has blessed us with. When they get more priority, our families sometimes, when we love them more than we love God, you know, our hearts become unclean. Anything that takes the place of God, or takes the space of God, that makes our heart unclean. So why is it so important for us to have a clean heart? See, the heart is the place where we process our thoughts and establish our belief systems. Heart is the place where the word of God goes in and the word of the enemy, the words of the world go into our heart. Our heart is the place where the object of our worship is determined. We decide who we worship or what we worship deep down in our heart. Our heart is where the health and quality of our relationships with people, it's determined in our heart. Whether we live in conflict with people, or we live offended with people, or we live angry with people, or disappointed with people, that's decided in our heart. Our heart is where our actions and our destiny is determined. What our future is going to be like. What, our, what kind of life we are going to live. Are we going to live happy or sad? Are we going to live married or divorced? Are we going to live angry and embittered? Or are we going to live forgiving and kind towards people? Our heart is what God cares about the most. He said, my son, give me your heart. He said, he cried out to Israel, give me your heart. God, you know, the heart is the, is the place that God is most interested in. That's why even if you and I make a mistake or you and I sin, it doesn't perturb God as much as us having an unclean or rebellious heart. This is our truest part. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Our heart is really the source of all things. And Jesus said, out of this heart is the abundance of this heart is what the mouth speaks, Jesus was telling the people. So what we are saying comes from the heart. Many times we say, I was just joking, I didn't mean it. I was just, uh, but oftentimes it carries things from our heart, pains of our heart, anger of our heart. And the greatest commandment of all in God's word is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with everything, and love your neighbor as yourself. God is saying, it's your heart that I want you to love me with, because the heart is the root of the matter.
And it is this heart that gets messed up and, and we allow unclean things to come in. Things that don't belong in our heart to come in. Worldly lusts and, and pride and arrogance and, uh, and self-seeking and all these things, they come in and take place in our heart. And a heart which is holy unto God becomes a place, a shared space between clean and unclean. Becomes a shared space between godly thinking on Sundays and ungodly thinking on other days. Becomes a place where they're praying and committing, God, I want you to use me on one side. And the other side saying, no, I'm not sure. I want to give my heart to you. Our hearts are messed up in some way. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, A heart is deceitful above everything and desperately sick. You see, our heart's condition, our heart needs cleaning and our heart needs healing. Our heart needs strengthening and our heart needs envisioning. God wants to come into our heart and He wants to remove the toxicity and He wants to purify the atmosphere of our heart. And the truth is, only God can do that. No matter how we try in our own strength, we cannot. God's saying, give me your heart. You see, in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 7, and verse 1 all the way to 23, there's a very important portion of scripture where Jesus begins to tell the crowds and he's, and he, after seeing the Pharisees that, that they were, you know, they were, they were upset that the, the disciples of Jesus were eating bread with impure hands. They didn't wash it. And so they got upset with Jesus and the disciples saying, your disciples are not washing their hands. They're not following the traditions. They're not keeping clean things clean and, and they're making everything, becoming unclean because they're not following traditions. And Jesus looks at them. And he gives them a piece of their mind. And he says, hey, wait a minute. He says, listen, people, very carefully. He says, listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a man that can defile him if it goes in. Which means if dirty things go in his heart, uh, dirt or mud or rust or things like that go inside him, he's going to be pretty okay. It's not going to be a major problem. But what comes out of him is more dangerous. That comes out of him. If one, If anyone has ear, let him hear. When he left the crowd, his disciples questioned him and said, Hey, wait, uh, you know, we don't understand what you're saying. Can you explain this to us? And he said, he said, you know, he said, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man, what comes out of your mouth. For within, out of the heart of men, from the heart, proceeds evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murder, adultery, Deeds of coveting and wickedness as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile a man. By which God was saying, it's not what you, the things that you eat that make you unclean. It is what comes out of your heart, pride, envy, selfishness, immorality. This is what makes you unclean. Jesus was declaring the heart is the major issue today. So who can stand before God, before his holy mountain? In the presence of God, a clean, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 24.4. God wants us to have clean hands, but he wants us to start with a pure heart. Who has not lifted his soul in falsehood. And has not sown deceitfully. Psalm 66.18 says, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. I heard a beautiful quote by Israel Mo Ivo. It says like this, Telling the truth to yourself is integrity. Telling the truth to others 
is honesty. Telling the truth with no fear or intimidation is bravery. And being free from falsehood is purity. Being free from contamination of falsehood is truly purity. Which means what really is a pure heart? The, the Merriam-Webster's dictionary says, purity is unmixed with any other matter. Something unmixed with any other matter. That is called pure. So pure heart is when the heart gives no other space to mix anything else with the space given to God. The heart totally belongs to God. My son, give me your heart. That is a pure heart. Completely, totally belonging to God. First Timothy 1.5 The Bible says, Paul writes to Timothy, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. He says, I, I really am teaching you from a pure heart. A sincere faith that really wants you to walk with God. Second Timothy 2.22, the famous verse, it goes like this. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. God wants us to follow him with a pure heart, with everything within our heart. God is looking to cleanse our heart. If you really want to understand, if God wants to cleanse our heart, I want to know what are the fundamental things that if I can clean, get rid of those things, I can get rid of everything else. What really corrupts our heart? The more I thought about it, the more I searched scriptures, I feel fairly confident that fundamentally three things are that which corrupt our heart, that make our heart unclean, that is demanding space in the clean area of our heart. That is saying, can I put a little muck there? Can I put a little, little dust there? Can I put a little, you know, food particles there? Can I leave, you know, perishing material somewhere that will bring foul smell and destroy the clean environment that is there in your heart? I think we need to understand what these three fundamental things are. One of the first things that corrupt our heart is pride. Fundamentally pride. What really is pride? Pride is the desire to exalt ourselves above God or the things of God. Pride is the desire to take the place that God has. Lucifer said, I will ascend. I will seat myself on that throne. I will arise. I will become powerful. I will rule. I will take authority. Pride is a desire to exalt ourselves. A self-righteousness, if you may, that causes us to, to work other, against others, to scheme against others. Pride, God hates pride. God opposes the proud. And when pride enters our heart, pride begins to destroy our heart of everything. The second thing that dis begins to destroy our heart is lusts. A desire for things that God, you know, knows that will not be good for us. Lusts are a desire to satisfy ourselves. Pride or there was a desire to exalt ourselves. Lusts are a desire to satisfy ourselves with the things we want. That's when we become greedy. That's when we begin to, you know, scheme against others and we become covetousness. We look at other people's things, I want that. I want that also. I think I want that. We become covetousness. Romans 1.24 says, Therefore God gave them over to their lusts of their heart to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Covetousness is actually the root of a lot of things, a lot of discontent, robbery, murder, uh, you know, uh, thievery. All these things come from covetousness. 
fraud and and all kinds of things come from covetousness that is why god said in the 10 commandments you should not covet what your neighbor owns you should not look at what your neighbor has and says i wish i had that so we saw that one of the fundamental things that make our heart unclean is pride it's a desire to exalt ourselves secondly it's lusts it's a desire to satisfy ourselves and thirdly it is fear and this is a desire to protect ourselves fears anxieties and caring for ourselves cares of this world worries that come we sit and worry and the moment we start worrying and we are unable to trust god the bible says our heart is becoming unclean things are taking place you know in the holy space of god god calls our heart holy he wants the whole heart he's saying i want your heart to be holy holy means to be set above in a standard that is above everything else god is saying can you give me your heart can you make that place holy unto me so we th- see that these three things are primarily that which makes our heart unclean pride a desire to exalt ourselves and we come to fears a desire to protect ourselves and lust a desire to satisfy ourselves these three things come into the clean space of god's holiness and try to destroy everything that god has built up first john chapter 2 verse 15 through 17 says do not love the world or the things of the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all the things that are in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father but from the world the world is passing away and also its lust but the one who does the will of god will live forever and i want you to know today god is calling you can you give your heart to me says the lord because i want you to live i want your heart to be in integrity god doesn't want you to have a scattered heart uh, uh, an unclean heart uh, you know a corrupted heart a polluted heart god is saying i want you to have an integrated heart where your whole heart is at peace with one another and peace with god i want your heart to be in a place of sincerity and uprightness job 33 and verse 3 says my heart my words are from the uprightness of my heart and my lips speak knowledge sincerely god wants us to circumcise our heart he tells israel again and again circumcise your hearts not your flesh alone because he wants our heart to be in covenant with god carrying a covenant relationship with god so my brothers my sisters if we tend our heart if we take care of our heart if we take time to clean our hearts our hearts will be clean have you noticed when you leave your home alone for a long time and you don't clean it it gets dusty it gets dirty rats can get in or rodents can get in or, or all kinds of creepy crawly insects can get in and your home can become spo- if you keep it closed it can smell dingy it can be unclean because you and i have not tended to our home or to our garden or for for that matter anything that we are supposed to take care of ernest egman yaboa said like this open the zip of your heart throw away all things that are not all that truly relevant for a good life and a purposeful living build a strong checkpoint for your mind don't just allow anything to all get in there for your mind is such a beautiful city that needs wonderful serenity and soundness start your day with a clean heart end your day with a revived mind vow to yourself never to allow anything at all that is toxic in your heart and your mind you are far better 
than being bitter. Don't let bitterness define your real you. God needs your heart and he needs your mind. Let them be clean and sincere before him. You are wonderfully created. Stay that way. You are wonderfully created. Stay that way. So the cure to an unclean heart is for God to clean your heart and my heart. Jesus said, I will give you a new heart. I will give you a clean heart. Come, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. Come unto me. They're all weary, heavy laden. I will give you rest. Even though your sins are red as scarlet, I will make it as white as snow. I will take out your stony and stubborn heart, says the Lord, and I will give you a tender and responsive heart. We saw a couple of weeks ago in the message when I spoke about a soft heart or a new heart from Ezekiel chapter 36 and 26. The psalmist said, create in me a clean heart. God, God, I want you to clean my heart. Create in me a clean heart. And Jesus said that God wants to clean your heart. So if you and I draw near to God, He will draw near to us. And He will clean our heart. Hebrews 10.22 says, Draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Submit to God. God's amazing grace will come upon you and me. So how can we clean our heart then finally? I want you to know, Firstly, the only person that can clean our heart to start with is God. No one else, no amount of self-righteousness, no amount of trying on our own strength can clean our own hearts. It is the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that begins to give us a clean heart. In Acts 15, verse 8 to 10, it says like this, And God who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. And he made no distinction between them and us, cleansing their heart by faith. God cleansed the Jew and the Gentile by faith. No amount of self-righteousness can cleanse your heart and my heart. It is totally wicked. We are desperately in need of a Savior. We are really in need of someone who can walk in and cleanse our heart. So the first point to start for a clean heart is invite Jesus into your heart and say, Jesus, I really need a savior. I'm desperately unclean. Clean my heart. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. It is our faith that cleanses our heart. The first way to clean a heart is to ask Jesus to come in and clean our heart. The second way to clean our heart is by our responding to this faith in Jesus Christ. When we respond, the Bible says, put off the old man with all its lusts and put on the new man in, in, that is sanctified in the Lord Jesus Christ, which means we are partnering now with the faith in Jesus Christ. He gives us grace and he gives us power. Without him, we cannot. But he wants us to partner with him in agreement to cleanse our heart. And so if God wants us to respond to our faith, and he wants us to respond by us, you know, cleansing our heart. Cleansing our heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to these words. Cleansing our heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the second way in which we can clean our heart. One, God empowers us. And second, we partner with God in our faith. When, when we partner with God in our faith, the Bible says in Psalm 26 and verse 2, the first thing we need to do is to reflect is to reflect. 
Psalm 26 verse 2 says, Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. The first thing we need to do is reflect. We need to ask God. We need to think about our life. We need to think about our heart. What is the condition of our heart? Is our heart clean or is our heart unclean? Is our heart godly or are we walking in ungodliness? We need to meditate in the recesses of our heart. We need to search our hearts and and we need to tell, Lord, you have visited me in the night season and you have tested me. You looked into my heart. Take time to reflect on your heart. How is the condition of your heart? What is going on in your heart? After reflecting, the second thing you do to have a clean heart is desire. Desire for a clean heart. Say, Lord, cleanse my heart. I really want you to clean my heart. God, I want to invite you to come in and I want you to clean those areas of my heart that I can walk in such cleanly, uh, cleanliness in heart and intent that I might fail, I might fall, but I desire, Lord. I really desire. I want to set my mind on these things. Thirdly, I want to repent. I want to say, God, I want to turn around. I want to come back to you, Lord, because you're calling me. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's not an Old Testament scripture. That's in the book of James 4, 8. The Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you, which means, I, I, Lord, I want to take a step by coming close to you. I want to repent. Repentance means to turn 180 degrees from the way I was going. And change the practices that clean, that dirtied my room. If those practices dirtied my room, I want to stop those practices. I want to repent for it. The same way practices that made my heart unclean, I want to stop doing that. Thirdly, repent. Fourthly, restitute. Set right. Take action. Take action. Set things in the right place. If I would leave dirty things around in the room and that spoiled my room, and I left dirty things around in my imagination, the thoughts of my heart that spoiled my heart, I want to take action. I want to give God the highest place. I want to crown Him holy in my heart. I want to say, God, I will share this space with you and no one else. My heart is yours. I want to give you my whole heart. Turn away. Take decisions. Flee youthful lusts. Separate from ways or separate from people that are causing you to walk an ungodly life and leading you astray. Get rid of unclean things. Respond back in godly ways. And forgive the people that have embittered your heart. Restitute. And finally, renew your mind. Renew your mind with godly meditation. Whatever things are pure, lovely, praiseworthy and good report. And these things, you know, Philippians 4.8 says that. Think on these things. Meditate on these things. Disciple your mind to start thinking a clean way. When you do these things, you respond to God Having cleansed your heart, you respond to the faith that God has given you and you begin to cleanse your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit because you're reflecting on your heart. You're taking time to think how your life is going. You're desiring a clean heart. You're repenting from wicked ways. You're restituting and fleeing youthful lusts, pride and fears and anxieties, saying no to anxieties. And you're finally renewing your mind and saying, God, I want to have the mind of Christ. And when we submit to God in this way, God will take a hold of our heart and He will clean your heart and you will live a life that is full, empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, filled with the love of God and the joy of God and His kingdom will rule your heart. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.